Welcome to the Ask Brian Podcast Radio Show, where you'll hear from some of the most successful founders and CEOs of businesses and startups, sharing their best advice for success, and even some stories on how their mistakes actually make them even more successful. Now, here are your hosts, Brian and Tracy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're listening to the Ask Brian Radio Show on KHS 1220 and 98.1. All right. Every single week, we've been doing this now since January 2017, over six years and three months we've been doing this show. And each week, we try to help people with business. So, And if you have a business issue, business question, our goal is to try to help you. We do that through two methods. One is sometimes we'll just have an expert in a specific area of business. Could be Facebook advertising, SEO, could be coaching, something along those lines. And also we have founders. We have founders that have created something brand new usually, but it could be just redoing the same thing and making it better. And that's what we try to do each week, to try to help you out. And if you learn something from our show, we've accomplished our goal. But, 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 everyone wants to know, why is the show called Ask Brian, A-S-K-B-R-I-E-N? But more importantly... More importantly than that, why is Brian spelled with an E? Because most people spelled Brian, B-R-Y-A-N or B-R-I-A-N, and the only Brians that are calling themselves O'Brien, which is the Irish folk down the street at the pub, I'm Mr. O'Brien. So, we have our expert in E's. Is she there, Tracy? <laughs> I'm an expert, and I'm an expert in E's. How about that? Whoa, whoa, whoa. You just took one away really quick. I did. See how I did that? That was slick, wasn't it? Slick, slick. But there's no E in slick. There's no E in slick, but that didn't mean I'm not slick. Remember, we are Sesame Street for business, so, you know, you, you got to make sure people <laughs> understand. <laughs> oh. Oh. Alrighty. So, we did kick off with the expert in a not-so-subtle way. However, there's so much more to our ease than that. But when we do talk about experts, we have amazing experts that we interview on the show who are primarily, if not exclusively, another E, I just worked in there, experts in entrepreneurship and are really providing us great education around things that we all can benefit from, whether we are a new rookie just starting out or whether we're a seasoned business owner wanting to kick things up a notch and just get a little refresher course on our journey. Well, you know, our guest, her last name begins with me. Yes, it does. And she is exceptional at her entrepreneurial skill set, which we'll learn more about. And I think that you happen to be coming to this particular episode with a lot of enthusiasm because in the sports world, it's a really big day, right? Well, thank you for the softball pitch. And that is, without a <laughs> doubt, it is opening day in baseball. Do you have anything there for baseball? All right. <laughs> well, I don't want to strike out on my ability to fulfill the rest of the ease. So I am going to pivot back to our conversation well, and we, remind <laughs> Yes. We started out with experts, but you didn't tell people what is the qualification to become an expert. You tried to get over and try to make pretend, aha, I don't need to do my math. So <laughs> <laughs> Do 
doing it. You ghosted me. I thought if I distracted you with sports, you would forget. Okay, but I think I got it. I'm going to whip through this. Okay, so in by definition, an expert needs to work on or around or on or above 40 hours a week for 50 consecutive weeks over the course of five years for 10,000 hours, which qualifies you to be an expert, but you and I both know that in the world of starting and running your own business, it is highly unlikely and truly very rare that someone could build a uber successful business only working 40 hours a week. So some may fast track that 10,000 hours in as little as two to three years. Well, that is correct, and I, yeah, I like how you picked that. that up. Well, you picked it up because you, you were really going off course there, and then you came back with the explanation that nobody is working forty hours a week if they're an entrepreneur, unless they've you know got a fifty million dollar VC fund and it's their dad, and they just sit there and said, "Okay, just go there and you know work forty hours a week." Forty hours a week is nearly impossible to build something. Now, you might be able to do that after a couple of years, but not in the beginning. In the beginning. Without a doubt, you are definitely working more than 40 hours a week. And most people, even probably Mark Zuckerberg, is probably working more than 40 hours a week. So just because you become bigger doesn't mean you have less hours. In fact, you may have more because you have more work to do. So did you talk about excitement? I did not because I knew that was one of your favorites. So I was letting you do that one. And we were talking about the Pink Ladies have their own show coming up soon. And that was called... Oh, my gosh. What is it called? Is it called the Pink Ladies? Because we it know is, what it's about. It is, it it's is about called the, Pink, the Greece. It is the Pink Ladies from Greece, and they have that car, and they say it's Grease Lightning. And what is it? Because we are electrifying. <laughs> Woo! Yes, electrifying. I got it in twice. All right. It's a double electrifying day based on our guest because she's a double guest return, so she deserves a double digit E. Well, but the one thing is that you lacked empathy in saying something about our engineer, two E's. Oh, golly, <laughs> I am always forgetting about the empathy for the engineer. And Andrew, I, I am, am very hurt. Andrew was crying. I, a little bit. Do you have a tissue? I'm extremely, extremely <laughs> apologetic. Extremely, like capital E. Crazy, how can Extremely you? apologetic. <laughs> okay. I accept <laughs> You know how they say, like, you do such a good job that it's just like, you just do such a good job. That's what they say. Andrew, you do such a good job. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> nice attempt to save. And and by the way, in baseball, nice. that's what happens if you come into the late innings and, you, and the game is on the line and there's potential to lose the game. That's what we call a save. And you just did one. I was thinking it sounded like more like a foul out. Like, that's why I just well, missed the ball. <laughs> Got struck out. Without any further ado, our guest is saying, okay, you know, I heard this shtick before, but, you know, this is getting a little cuckoo here. But her name does have an E in it. Her name is, I don't know if it's Ms. or Mrs., so I'm going to take a, it's a 50-50 shot here. Let's just go Miss Easton! Hey, anything there? What do you got? All right, good. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, not everybody has prior knowledge about you, so let's just go over a quick background. What are you currently working on right now? What is your present company? Okay, so I have to get in on the fun, though. Lisa Easton, okay? 
Oh, wow. He's having clap, ha- clap hands for Where's me. Where's the clap Hello. hands? Come on, come on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> love it, love it. Okay, now I feel like I'm part of the family. Uh, what am I working on right now? So I'm the CEO of Millionaire Morning Mamas Academy. It's a 12-week digital course for women, and I teach them how to create wealth in three years instead of 30 by changing their mindset, by reprogramming the subconscious mind, by using the law of attraction, and then when they start attracting that money, I teach them how to invest it very wisely for high profit return. Well, that's a lot. So we're going to go over all those things that you just discussed about. But before we even get to that part, what was your background prior to that company? So I worked for millionaires and billionaires for about 15 to 20 years in my career. Wow. As a chief of staff, as an executive assistant. So really, really close knit, not just on the business side, but in the family side and and all of those things. So I had a front row seat to that luxury lifestyle. Or <laughs> it's similar to having box seats at the baseball game. Because this is a baseball yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so exactly. Now, now, and there are three strikes and three outs. So now we're going to ask you for three of the most important things you learn from working with billionaires and millionaires. Top three. I learned that mindset is key. So having the right mindset, creating a wealth mindset is really important. And the routines that you create to do that are critical to your ability to create success in that. So daily routines. I learned that investing is critical to the process and learning how to invest money um, is really important, obviously, if you want to create wealth. And lastly, I would say I really did learn about entrepreneurship. I learned how to be a CEO of, you know, a million dollar company and grow it to that level. That's what I really learned how to do that by sitting in on meetings and watching how they handle things and growing teams and being a really good leader, you know, not just a CEO, but a really good leader. So let's go to the first one, mindset. Does that just mean having, you know, hey, the glass is half full versus half empty? Or what do you mean by mindset? Well, each of us, all of us have limiting beliefs in our subconscious mind that have been programmed from a very early age. That's just science. And so working to remove those limiting beliefs is the first step, is the money mindset blocks and the limiting beliefs. And that comes from your primary influencers, mom, dad, you know, whoever was primarily around you when you were very young, whatever they thought, whatever they felt, whatever they said about money was being programmed into your subconscious mind. And so that could have been scarcity, that could have been fear, that could have been lack. You know, that could have been worry. That could have been overspending. It could have been any of those things. And so working to remove those is the first part of shifting the mindset. And then once you've done that work, really stepping into a wealth mindset. So embodying that through your actions, through your emotions, through your decisions is embodied, like walking like a wealthy person would walk and talking like a wealthy person would walk. And with that process, you're starting to create a vibrational frequency that will allow you to attract what it is that you desire. And that's not just for money. That's in every aspect of life. And the third one you said, so you have mindset, you have investing, right? And when you say Mm -hmm. investing, I look at investing in a multitude of ways. Maybe tell me what you think about this. I believe that investing in education, not necessarily going to university or college, and it can be time, not money, okay? But investing in education is a very, very important factor then obviously you need to have some funds to be able to do things. And I know that, listen, if you save, you know, penny save, penny earn, but the reality is if you save a little bit of money each week, even if you're working in a job where you're not 
you're just paying your bills, then you over time will have some money where you might be able to do things, right? So I think that's one of the ways I consider investing. Mm -hmm. So how do you categorize investing? So I agree with you. You know, investing in your education, in self-improvement, and all of those things is key. I mean, that's why I'm a mentor, right? And that's why I have mentors. And that's why I have an education program because, you you know, you're not going to learn all of this on your own. I mean, you know, what a process. So having someone who can teach you and guide you and help you to avoid a lot of big mistakes and a lot of big losses is important. But also, yeah, remember, I teach wealth. So I'm thinking about making, you know, lots of money, right? So for me, I heavily focus on real estate investing. I think that if you are in a job and you have 401k and all of those things are great. If you want to create, you know, really big wealth, generational wealth, then real estate is one of those investments that just has high returns over time. And it tends to be a more stable market, just obviously depending on the economy, but it tends to be a more stable market. And then you can always hold when it's down and sell when it's up, right? So a little bit more control in that regard. So I agree with you. And and what about investing in yourself, like creating your own business, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, if you really want to have freedom in some capacity, because I heard you talking about the the 40 hours a week and (laughs) I work way more than 40 hours a week, but I also have the freedom to work from anywhere in the world. And so it gives me that time freedom, but I do believe that owning your own business is a key part of creating wealth and some stability and security in your life, obviously, if it's done the right way. Well, and that's a risky part too, right? Because most people don't know how. So they may have an idea of, hey, I'm going to do X or I'm going to do Y, but you know, using widgets as an example, right? But they don't know what to Mm -hmm. do. Okay. I got this great widget guy. Actually, I have an AI widget, artificial intelligence widget. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. That I can make on my 3D printer. Okay. All right. Great. But now what are you going to do? Okay. Uh, is If you can make the product, but you got to get brand awareness. People need to know who you are, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to sell it. You need to be able to market it. Obviously, first, you need to be able to produce it, right? And then you got to have an angle or not a sales angle, but an, an angle. Of what, you know, is there a specific niche that this is good for and build it out versus, you know, just go to the whole general market. And by the way, I'm a big niche believer. I believe yeah, this is same. the way to go because- if you can figure out that niche, then it'll take off from there. And you can find that one niche area. It's a lot easier to deal with 10,000 coin collectors, as an example, okay, than it is to just go out there and sell to every person in the world, right? But if you can start somewhere, then you can expand gradually into other things and other places and gradually become the broad one. So I believe it's like an inverse funnel, right? Starting out the small part of the yep. funnel and then going out. And then once you come up with a product, everyone you're known, right? Oh, well, yeah. Lisa told me about this, you know, and that was successful. So you know what? You know, the upsell, I hate to use the word, but the upsell is easy once you've got the established right. relationship, right? Yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I, I always tell my clients, my students, if you're talking to everyone, you're talking to no one. So you have to niche down and you have to be speaking to one kind of person. And I, that's what I did from the beginning. And I never diverted from that, no matter what. And I started to really build a strong tribe of my ideal, IDA, ideal client avatar and a strong tribe. And then the, that tribe became ambassadors and they start selling your products, right? Because they believe, they know, like they like you, they trust you and they become ambassadors. And then it sort of just starts taking on a life of its own. And so niching down is critical in my opinion, 
to the success of any any business. You've got to focus on one thing. And then when you get that right, it's rinse and repeat, you know, you do it again. So I'm about to launch a luxury bag collection. Now I have all the fundamentals in place. I know how to do it. I did it one time. So I, you know, rinse and repeat and do it again. So that, that first time you did it, you were working for millionaires and billionaires. What was the light bulb that said, I need to do my own thing? What you know, I really studied their lifestyle and I did, I haven't, I don't come from money. None of, none of my family comes from money. None of that. And so I just realized that they were doing things so differently from what I'd seen ever. And I just started studying them and I decided, you know, I can do this. Like I can do this. I supported billionaire who owns baseball, a uh, football team. And I remember being on the sidelines every Sunday at the games. And I remember standing on the sidelines saying, I'm not going to be on the sidelines forever. I'm going to be in the game. And I just kept telling myself that. And I studied them and I literally took their practices and everything that I saw that they were modeling and I implemented it in my own life and it worked. Well, that's like the old adage, you know, you can't win the lottery if you don't buy a lottery ticket, right? So that's the thing. Exactly. You got exactly. to be in it to win it. And without any further ado, A-D-I-E-U, my favorite word, Tracy, <laughs> you never went over that. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, the reason why I happen to know the reason why it's your favorite word is because it's all consonants, one vowel. Well, absolutely. All vowels, one consonant. I don't know. I always, I have dyslexia, I'm pretty sure. And I don't think I had it until I started doing the show. But somehow, I got it. Don't worry. My, my, my name is, <laughs> my real name is Retip, R-E-T-E-P. Peter spelled backwards. Oh, stop. <laughs> no, you people are going to be so confused between Brian, Peter, Retip. <laughs> I might start calling you that now. All right, so we're back. And one of the things that really stood out to me when you were talking earlier in the show is the importance of a mentor. And I think that's mm -hmm. actually the mission of this show in its entirety is to bring people on to mentor, even just within this hour, to other entrepreneurs who are listening to the show and to the podcast. And so I'd like for you to expound a little bit more on your experience with being mentored and some of the lessons that you learned that might have helped shortcut your learning curve to the successful business owner you are now. Yeah. So, I mean, I know for sure I would not be here without the mentors that I had. I mean, for sure not. It might have taken me a lot longer to get here because they play such a key role in my success because I go to them and ask them almost everything, you know, what do, what do you think I should do here? How should I pivot here? What do we do now? Right? Like I've grown to this stage. Now, now what I do, do I hire HR? Do I, you know, there's so many, so many unknowns as you're growing. And so they have just played a key role, not only in business though, but personally, right? They have experienced the highs, the lows, the ups, the downs, you know, and they, anytime you get that feeling like, oh my gosh, why am I, why did I do this? Why did I just stay at my job and work? But they can help you get over those hurdles, you know, and encourage you. And I, I remember when I started doing these shows and TV shows, my mentor called me and she said, I just want to remind you that you belong there. You should be in these rooms. You should be at these tables. You belong there. And just that alone gave me such a boost of confidence that, I was really shaky, like, am I supposed to be doing this? You know, everybody kind of feels that from time to time. So it's bigger than just being able to give you advice from the business standpoint. That's amazing, obviously. 
but personally, you're going to need it as well. Someone to push you along. Right before I got on this call, one of my clients I was on and I was doing the same thing for her, like building her up and letting her know she's good and, and you're doing all the right things and you're headed in the right direction. Okay, let's pivot here. That's not going the way we thought it would. Let's go this direction, right? So just having that to me is just key to any level of success. And so how do you integrate that into the programs that you offer for your clients? Is it like a formalized structure? Do you bring in other experts to support you or do you facilitate everything on your own? Oh gosh, no, no. So I have a team of experts. So there are different kinds of mentorship. So if that's someone is joining my academy, they're in a digital 12-week course and I have 11 wealth experts that partnered with me to create that course, right? And then I have private wealth mentorship clients, which are my one-on-ones. I fly to their cities. I spend time with them, right? I, I pour into them in every way. And that's a little bit of a different structure. I, I have an entire process that I take them through to get them from where they are to truly making a million dollars in three years. And the only reason why I can do it is because I did it myself. So I give them that same structure, that same roadmap to get there. So it looks differently depending on where someone's at in their life. But it's just no matter what, there is mentorship in every aspect of the programs that I offer. And I know I don't have to share the stat with you personally because I know that you already know it, but I wanted to share it with the audience because I think it's such a shocking number that only 2%, 2% of women-owned businesses ever exceed seven figures in revenue. So yes. become million-dollar businesses gross revenue-wise. And that's just a number that, you know, as a female entrepreneur, you're female entrepreneur, like that number needs to change. What are some Listen. of the things that, <laughs> yeah, like I kind of figured this could be a soapbox for us, Woo. but like tell me how you feel about that because I can tell you have some feelings about it and then we'll talk about some other areas surrounding that topic. I mean, honestly, I think about that all the time, all the time. And it's evident for me a lot because my clients, my private wealth mentorship clients, you know, they're going to the bank, they're wiring large amounts of money for different deals that I have them getting into. They're wiring me large amounts of money for my, you know, mentorship. And every time they go to the bank, they're getting heavily questioned and heavily warned not to wire the money. And so, I mean, it's just so evident and it's, it's frustrating, but at the same time, I, I'm reminding myself that we are changing this one woman at a time. And it won't happen overnight, but we're making wealthy women the new normal. That is the goal, for sure. Well, and that in itself is a very impactful mission. And you integrate the word mindset into the name of your business. So I'm assuming that one of the barriers, and with my own personal experience, I don't have to assume it, I know it, that some of the personal barriers that women have to getting over the six-figure revenue mark and then such a small percentage getting over the seven-figure revenue mark, like so much of that has to do with mindset. Can you share a little bit about that? Oh, gosh. I mean, like everything has to do with mindset. Everything. I mean, women are just naturally taught and cultivated to have like doubts and insecurities. And so... I feel like men are taught and cultivated and cultured to be a little bit more confident. And women just, I mean, I work with thousands now, and everyone has the same limiting beliefs, the same limiting beliefs. Can I handle it? You know, how can I run 
you know, a million dollar business. Like, I, I mean, I don't know anything, right? I mean, this imposter syndrome, this, these limiting beliefs. And so, you know, it's across the board that mindset has to shift first, has to change first. It, it literally is the foundation of everything. And um, that work has to be put in first. And that's why the first six weeks of my course is with me teaching only about mindset. They don't even move on to the wealth part of this or the investment part of this or any of that until we get through the mindset work because it's so key. And I wanted to ask you, like, what is the one barrier that comes to mind right away that is the biggest inhibitor? And then we'll circle back to that in more detail after the break. I'm not capable. I'm not worthy. Those are the two. Okay. And they're so just and feeling like they don't. Like, they yeah. don't have the skill set, and maybe if they feel like they do have the skill set, then they're not worthy of the level of success that they can generate for themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. I did have a quick question though for Lisa. You know, so legal steps is an interesting concept, and I do have an interest in it, so I'm going to let everybody know. But legal steps is interesting because it teaches you for, you know, less than $200, teaches you how to incorporate or form a LLC or to register a trademark. And I, I just think that had I had something like that when I was starting my first business, it would have been nice and helpful just to, to do that. What do you think about that? Definitely. Definitely. Honestly, I had a wealth mentor that had to walk me through it. So, uh, I mean, you're going to need some assistance, some kind of education before you start doing that. So a program like that is amazing. Well, and I appreciate that. But without any further ado, Tracy's chomping at the bits. I have five more questions. Why do you need to take my time? Go ahead, Tracy. Uh, well, I, I have one really massive question, and then it, it's all yours if we have time. So we, we talked about the mindset issues, but totally agree with what you're saying in terms of value and worthiness and imposter syndrome. So let's pivot, if you will, to actual tangible growth because you have experienced mm. literally like some amazing growth within your organization, you've been a major contributing factor to other women's business growing, but none of that happens without an effective marketing strategy. And I know that um, you've helped you know, over 300 women through your program and then subsequently mm -hmm. after they've achieved success, achieved even more success. But getting 300 people to sign up for a program is not an easy task. So can you speak yeah. to... Um, and I'd like to know kind of a, a range of marketing, like how you started initially and then maybe as you were able to add more budget to your marketing strategy, what that looked like so we can see it in a phased implementation, if you will. Sure. So there are actually 500 students now that have come through the academy. Oh, and so when I Thank you. I know. It's great. And then I have 40 investors, female investors. I call them my sharks who invest in real estate with me and who I'm helping to grow their wealth faster. But the marketing strategy to start out with was me on a whiteboard trying to map out like how all this would look. And I actually started by teaching, I, I came out on social media teaching women how to make six figures in administrative careers because that's what I did. And I, the biggest lesson that I learned was one, don't be married to any concept in the beginning. Two, pay attention to your audience, your listeners, your followers, your tribe, because they're going to tell you what they really want from you. And that's exactly what happened. And so as I was going down this, you know, this niche, 
they kept bringing me back to mindset and manifestation and limiting beliefs and money. Right. They just kept bringing me back to that. And so I started doing meditations on lives, like walking them through the meditations that I do. And that just grew. So the marketing strategy really was starting out on social media, using social media to leverage my ability to attract more people, to get more people into the tribe. So I was really just building no life and trust and relationships in the beginning. I wasn't offering any course or program or anything. I was just trying to build engagement, build a community. Once I started building that community and that required me posting daily and showing up on live like two to three times a week. And that lasted for like a year and a half. And I did not miss. I did not miss. Not once. Even on vacation. (laughs) I didn't miss. Because I understood the momentum and I understood what I was building and I knew that, that I needed to build that trust and they had to see me a lot for that to happen. They had to be able to engage with me and see my lifestyle, right? See my life, not just talk to them about money, but let them see my children and how I live and things like that. And so once I did that, then I pivoted my marketing strategy to, okay, now I got to create something for that to sell. And so then I created a course and then I built a funnel around that course. So this was like phase two. Built a funnel around that course. And once I started building that funnel around that course and again, getting people to buy the course, we started making money. Then when we started making money, then I had to make some decisions. Okay, who's the first hire? And, you know, what kind of support do we need? And those kinds of things. And so I made those decisions and I, I, I feel that I made them really well with caution and careful planning. And then phase three, which I feel we're in now, it has grown to multiple six figures per month. And now I am shifting gears and my attention towards another business because this business has, you know, can sustain, it really can sustain pretty much on its own with some key people involved in that. So I hope that that makes sense. It absolutely does. Are you at a liberty to talk about what the new business is or is that still under wraps? Yes. Okay. What is your next new business venture? Yeah. So I am launching a luxury bag collection. I won't say the name just yet, but This bag is specifically designed for women who are entrepreneurs, CEOs, on the go, and we are creating a bag, a purse, that is a cosmetic bag in one. So you will be able to have all of your makeup in this bag, and and you will not have to worry about, you know, it's staining. We have material and fabric that you can just clean, plus you can have all of your other things in there, your wallet, everything, but it is a cosmetic bag for women who are on the go. So if you have to hop on a flight, you have every single thing you need in this bag. Wow. Wow, that's so incredibly exciting. Well, I know know just based on that, plus all of the amazing feedback and insights that you share with us today, that people are going to want to reach out and get in touch with you. What is the best way for that to happen? Sure. So Instagram, it is at Lisa M. Easton, no periods, no dashes, no anything, lots of fake accounts with me. So L-I-S-A-M-E-A-S-T-O-N at Lisa M. Easton. And then my website is lisamesten.com. Okay, everybody. Well, if you weren't able to capture that or write that down because you're doing whatever multitasking wonderful thing you're doing while you're listening to the podcast or riding in your car while the radio is playing live, we want you to go back to the podcast. We want you to Find the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We want you to find the Ask Brian, that's A-S-K-B-R-I-E-N podcast, because you can replay this episode. You can grab 
all the great tips and insights that were shared and share them with your friends and fellow colleagues. And does it hurt if you head on over to Apple and give us one of those nice five-star ratings and reviews? We'll certainly take it. And we appreciate you. So once again, Ask Brian, the podcast. Woohoo! All right, so Lisa, question I have is what does the M stand for? Lisa M. Michelle. Michelle. Okay. Oh, I can't sing. Otherwise, I would have done it. I would have done the Beatles song, Michelle, my bell. You know that, but I'm not a good singer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saving everybody for that one. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So, question I have: Do you have uh, like a regular program that people can join, and they do it on a weekly basis? And if so, first of all, do you have one? And, And second, when can people join at any time, or they have to join at specific times? Yeah, so it's a 12-week digital course, and it's going to take them through mindset. And then I have 11 wealth mentors that have partnered with me. So they teach everything from real estate to stocks to crypto to everything you can imagine. And then uh, so that that is available anytime. You can join that anytime. It's, my link is everywhere. It's on my website. It's on Instagram. So they can join that anytime. So it's a 12-week course, but there's no specific date. Uh, I can wish No. Right. And uh, work at your own pace. Do I have to do it on in 12 weeks or can I do it in five weeks or 18 weeks? You have a lifetime access. Okay. And uh, do you update or change those uh, shows periodically? Yes. Yes. So every few years, which this year we will do like a revamp of it, but we also add courses to the academy. But we will kind of, you know, redo some of the classes just because things change in real estate, change, things change, in stock, things change, right? And so we do that every few years. And this year we'll do that again. But we also just had like a, a four-week summit with brand new educators who have come in. So we're adding that to the academy. No one in the academy ever has to purchase or upsell to any of these things that we add. We just add it and make it accessible to everybody. And, and, and as, as you said, so you have a lifetime login password. And no matter what happens down the road, they can always log in, correct? Absolutely. And for the uh, real estate part, is that anywhere in the United States or, for instance, as far as you partnering? I mean, I understand real estate's a great investment, but you're located in Georgia and maybe some of the people in your group are in, you know, North Dakota or, uh, or Washington right. or Hawaii. I mean, mm-hmm. how, how do you how do you pick where you're going to invest in real estate? It doesn't matter where they are. doesn't matter at all. What We do two forms of real estate investment. So we do angel real estate investment deals, which means that we put money to, in with a builder who is making a big project or building a big project, and they raise capital through different stages. And so we are the angels. angels. And we come in and we put our investment in, and we get a guarantee that we get our money back within a certain time frame plus the profit. That's one kind that we do. So it doesn't matter where they are. I have investors in Ghana, Africa, in Kenya, Africa, in New Zealand. I have investors from all over the world. It doesn't matter. As long as you can wire money, it doesn't matter. Second kind of investments that we do, which doesn't matter, is we do asset real estate investing. And I have a team, a network of real estate management here in Georgia. And so my clients get access to my team so they can invest in property anywhere. And the team manages the entire, uh, all of the investments for us. So we don't have to do anything but get approved for the mortgage. That's it. Do you invest in these properties yourself? Oh, gosh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm heavily invested into assets and in the angel real estate investment deal. All right. Thank you very much. Big part of my wealth. 
Thank you very much, Lisa. Glad to have you on. Tracy, until next time, over and out. Thank you for tuning in to the Ask Brian radio show. You can listen to us every Thursday on KTHS AM 1220 and FM 98.1 or via Facebook Live or anytime wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit askbrian.com to join the conversation and ask us your business questions and we'll answer them on our next episode. That's askbrien.com.